Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Oh, welcome back to Wildcast Studios for another episode of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, fanishers, I am your host, Adam, and of course, I am joined by your favorite co-hoster, uh, good to see him back here, Mr. Jeremy Boucher. Uh, buddy, your weekend was a little bit stressful. How are you doing? Yeah, you're right. And it's uh, not hockey related. No, we'll get into that. Uh, we'll get into yeah. It was uh, it was eventful, uh, yeah. unexpectedly eventful. Yep. Um, so uh, Thursday evening, uh, my father in law had a had a stroke, and um, so you know our our Friday night Saturday Friday our Thursday night Friday morning was kind of hectic, yep. uh, trying to decide what to do, and um, so I guess uh, you know we. Grabbed Avery from school on early on Friday and went down to Halifax to you know be with him and uh, make sure everything was was good there. And so when you say deciding what to do, you mean leave Thursday night or leave Friday morning? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Like, do we wake Avery up in the middle of the night and drive down? I mean, at that point, there was there was no. Well, what can you do, right? Yeah, that, and was... that's the worst part is when someone goes to the hospital. You're like, we got to get there. Yeah. Well, what can you do? Because yeah, so there was really no sense. Like. Yeah. Megan went to work on Friday morning, and she was like, "I can't be here right now." And I was like, "All right, that's cool. Like, yeah. you know, we'll um, let's go grab Avery." So we grabbed Avery from school around noon and uh, drove down. Got there yeah. probably you know three three thirty, and um, yeah, it was just uh, I think everything's everything's going well. You know, he's 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 still in the hospital. Should be there till uh, the end of the week, and. Which is why you're here. I would not make him yep. come back. If yeah, things went yeah. Well. No, I was. Uh, uh, Jeremy, can you make the drive back yeah. for the record, and can, then can you steal your father-in-law's <laughs> Wi-Fi and yeah. do the show? Yeah, from... I'm going to give you a call. We're yeah. going to do this on yeah. the phone virtually, but uh, no, we got back Sunday yeah. night, and uh, yeah, like I said, he's he's going to be good. He's uh, probably they're saying he's going to be out of the hospital by end of the week, and uh, you know, there's physio and stuff that will need to be done, and they're saying he's going to have you know minor memory loss i guess you know that that became evident over the weekend too you know he was uh, names and stuff uh that's that's fine but you know what day of the week it was what time it was that was you know so he knew all you guys from from the minute you got there yeah oh yeah he knew i was he he knew i was still his favorite son-in-law and that's all that matters uh, there's actually two others so i'm not the only (laughs) one um so he knew i was the favorite and names and stuff those were that's no issues there so um yeah and you know luckily you know megan's brother was there and uh you know if he wasn't if he wasn't there we probably could be having a different outcome right because you never oh he was there like with your yeah yeah so he's he's ben's the one that you know called 911 and and um noticed that you know He's in training to become a firefighter, so he kind right. of has that uh, knowledge of, of you know, the signs of a stroke. And you know, he called nine one one, and and you know, paramedics showed up, and uh, yeah. So if it wasn't for you know Ben being there, Jesus could have been a, a different outcome. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but luckily he was, and uh, good job, Ben. Yeah, yeah, good job, uh, bro, and. Or, uh, yeah, that was basically my weekend. It was a lot of hospital visits. Um, God, those are the worst places in the world, eh? They are the worst because you <laughs> still have to wear a mask and it's it's the beard kind of, yeah. you know, it tickles a little I bit. Just, and, oh, I hate hospitals in yeah. general. And I, but I, I understand because, like, I, I didn't have a stroke, but in the summer I had Bell's palsy, mm-hmm. which is basically the same as a stroke. It affects everything from below your eye and down. Mm-hmm. And it's like so you have the slurred talking, and I I just thought like I had a um like I thought it hit something on my tooth and it yeah. swole on the other mm-hmm. side. But mm-hmm. like you start googling stuff, and I'm like, well, it's not getting better. So what is this? And then you start getting to like signs of a stroke, and I didn't even think of Bell's palsy until I went to the hospital. But like I can, there are certain signs. So I, I it's it's freaking scary when your your body kind of shuts down on you and. For no like, I literally came home, was doing just fine, laid down for like ten minutes, got up, and all of a sudden my one side of my face was droopy. So, um, I can't imagine it was probably something that came quick on form. Like they they don't really know why, right? Like there's nothing that led up to yeah. it that he remembers. Well, he's I mean, 
he's he's got health issues you know he's 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 diabetic and uh high blood pressure he's basically the cornucopia of of (laughs) everything you could possibly uh you were gonna check the boxes for a patient you know just checking all the boxes but uh honestly like it's 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 good that you know ben was around because he heard he heard the fall right he was in his bedroom and heard the fall and didn't think much of it first thought maybe you know, his dad was was making a, a sandwich and the peanut butter fell on the ground. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, something yeah. like that. And you know, just there was he just said there was something in me that says that said go check on him in the living room and you know found him on the floor. So oh, wow. it was, uh, I guess, just intuition to you know think okay, well this doesn't maybe I should go make sure everything was okay. And good good thing he did. You know, good thing he wasn't sleeping or or what. So yeah, um, yeah that's that was the story. It was. Um, it Perfect. was very eventful, yeah. Uh, very stressful, stressful, unexpected. But uh, you know, everything's everything now is going best possible outcome. Yeah, hundred percent. Everything's going well. So we're um, just waiting to see when he's out of the hospital. Then we'll make sure everything's good. Perfect. Well, yeah. Like I said, like that's. I know you messaged me. Oh, I can't tweet the game. This happened. <laughs> I don't give a shit about yeah. tweeting the hockey game, bro. Yeah. Um, they don't earn our tweets right now, but um, <laughs> obviously, I'm, I'm glad that everything kind of went uh, went as good as it could have gone for you. Um, did you enjoy the Royal Rumble? How much of it did you watch? Well, I watched the men's match because yeah. I think, and I want to say, thankfully, you weren't watching the hockey game and tweeting because I was there live, mm-hmm. not the Royal Rumble. I was at the hockey game, and you're like, "Oh, the men's Royal Rumble starting to, starting the whole pay per view." I'm like. Son of a! <laughs> and it got to like five three, which which you're gonna hear in a little bit. And I yeah. popped on my Bell TV on my phone, and I watched the men's Royal Rumble, and geeked out when Brock Lesnar came around. What? I was just like watching of something like, ah, oh, Brock! And everyone's kind of looking at me, and I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm watching the Royal Rumble. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah, it was. It caught me off guard that it was the first match of the night, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's it just never. I don't. It, Which then I kind of thought maybe Sammy was going to be involved in the yeah, start and the yeah, main and event, the finish. Right? Yeah. yeah, but um, no, like it's. I watched that. I found. I do exactly what you told me to do. Go on TikTok, find some guy who's got, uh, who's tick on live on TikTok, yep. and he's got his phone. Pointing at the TV yep. and he's got it going on, and that's know, how I watched uh, Survivor Series. And yeah, that's how I watched. I think the one that was in Saudi Arabia is people yeah. on TikTok. They end up. I saw yeah. when I got home, I did the live. Then I watched. I got the WWE Network because I usually get it for the Royal Rumble. I hate streaming. I got it for the Rumble, and I usually keep it until WrestleMania. And mm-hmm. then after WrestleMania, I get rid of it. But I was watching it while watching uh, Sandy and the other guy from Straight Shoot on TikTok. Oh yes, yeah. I was watching yep. their reactions live. Yeah, just because they, you know, it's wrestling talk. I was like listening to them while watching it. So um, I stayed up for the whole thing, watched the whole thing, watched the the press conferences, which is kind of funny. Different, that, eh? yeah, yeah, they like they started doing that. I don't know if that's a Triple H thing or or an online thing, but they started doing press conferences. I'm like, but you guys know the outcome like, <laughs> before you get to the arena. So. Um, no rock in the in the rumble, which I thought, or in the event at all. Um, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched Royal Rumble, it's not my fault. Um, Cody Rhodes, Rhea Ripley won both. Expected those to win. I, I wanted Sammy like you. Mm-hmm. Um, Cody Rhodes makes the most sense. I thought we'd see the rock, but we did see Sammy um, turn his back on the bloodline. Yeah, that was uh, that was good. I think I, I like where that's uh, I like where that's going. Yeah, yeah. I think that's because it's in LA. You're going to see a two. And plus elimination chambers in Montreal, so oh yeah, that's yeah. that leads up to to that. But um, yeah, other than that, that was basically that was my weekend. Because well, we're gonna find out in a little while. While the rest of it wasn't all that uh, all that great. So um, you don't come here for the wrestling talk. You can follow uh, a lot of other people. Aiden, Pat, mm-hmm. they're probably better with the uh, the wrestling uh, info. As always, you can follow us on social medias: Twitter, Monkey Wildcast, Instagram, Wildcast Podcast. TikTok Wildcast Podcast, and here on the YouTube, you can stream it. Um, I'm going to take the quick question just quickly, right from the league page. Um, which Western Conference team do you think will finish? It says we'll win the division, but I think they mean the conference. Um, Gatineau, Renaranda, Sherbrooke, and Victoriaville, because they're all basically tied right at the top right now. That's, uh, that's a tough one. It's, yeah. uh... Sherbrooke's got 66, Gatineau 64. 
Victoriaville 64 and Renaranda at 58. So a little behind there for Renaranda, but um, I would probably out of those four take them out. But who do you think? Because uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the guys that I'm going with all year, and that's Gatineau. I think eventually mm-hmm. they're gonna get that number one seed. So I I would say they will probably win the um, win the Western Conference or at least be the number one team in the Western Conference. Um, yourself? Honestly, I'm. Um... I've said all along, I like the moves Sherbrooke made. I think Sherbrooke addressed their needs more uh-huh. than than those other teams. So I will have to go with Sherbrooke. All right, yeah. that's my. That's, that's just how. And I, Gatineau is going to play run around a lot in the division, and Sherbrooke yeah. and Victoriaville are going to play a lot of each other in their uh, in their central division um, down the stretch because. Like most most teams, as you get into the second half, it's kind of you're playing your division because it's just closer in travel, not that Quebec has mm-hmm. a big deal in uh, in travel. But, yeah, I mean, that's either one of those teams. I think right now they might actually face off in the third round. Where's my schedule? Um, if you reset the standings right now, it's Quebec, Halifax, Sherbrooke, and Gatineau. So Halifax has avoided taking on Quebec in that third round if they were to get there depending on their goal tending so much. So um, it'll be interesting down the stretch is uh, Halifax is now the run, like the heater they're on. Um, I mean, Quebec continues to win, but everyone's talking about Quebec and Halifax is only six points behind them. And they're on a heater. They've got um, a more favorable. They do. Matchup wise in Schedule. the division with yeah. Cape Breton, Bathurst, Charlottetown, St. John, and let's be honest, us. Um, then Ramouski, Shakutami, and Bekelmo for Quebec. So they got a little bit of a chance maybe to kind of catch them, and I think mm-hmm. they actually play them one more time too. Yeah, that's going to be um, – yeah, it's very well possible that, that Halifax catches them too because uh, they are at this point taking advantage of, of competition. But, yep. I mean, Quebec's kind of doing that too, uh, and – uh, it, it's gonna. It, it'll be a, a let's call it a dogfight because Halifax, you have to assume has the easiest schedule because they're gonna be facing, you know, once yeah. March rolls around, every second game is gonna be against either St. John or Cape Breton or Bathurst. Yeah, so they're and, the twenty fourth, twenty fifth, twenty sixth. Halifax is Victoriaville, Sherbrooke, and Quebec. So they got one more game against Quebec in that mm-hmm. one, and then like you said, in March, St. John, Cape Breton, Bathurst, Bathurst, Moncton. Bathurst, St. John, Moncton, Charlottetown, Cape Breton, Charlottetown. Yeah, like if they're just so that's gonna, a, that's a quite a favorable schedule. They're probably going to sweep every game it. in March, and yeah. and uh, so they can they they very well could could surpass Quebec just with just with their favorable schedule. So that'll be uh, that'll be something that'll be determined, I guess, at the end. But by the looks of it, I would probably maybe put my money on Halifax just based on on favorability. Jeez. Oh, okay. No, they got Gatineau. I was like, they might not lose a game again until that 24th, but they got Ramuski, Gatineau in there. Mm-hmm. So those are going to be in Drummondville too. Like, yeah. there's there's some games in there, but you just look at their schedule. You're like, fuck, they might not lose until the 24th when they play uh, Victoriaville. But let's uh, let's get to some news and notes from around the queue. News and notes from around the queue. So the top prospects game was last Wednesday in Langley. Uh, team White got a victory over Bedard and Etienne Moran in Team Red, uh, 4-2. Only one Q player had any points in the game. That was Matthew Catafor, who got the first goal three minutes in. Um, I fell asleep after the first period, but I did kind of watch the first period because can we stop putting games at 11 o'clock at night out here? <laughs> like, Can we have it out here in the queue so we yeah. get it at a regular time? I think even last year in, in Kitchener, it was at like 10 o'clock our time or something like that. And I get it. you got to have it for – all across Canada, and that's mm-hmm. that's what happens when you go out west. When you know the main guy's home is Langley, BC, yeah, or North it. Vancouver, yeah. that, that helps as they definitely schedule this out. But um, Moran didn't start out great, but he kind of picked it up from all I heard in the second and the third mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Had a tough stretch early on, and I mean, why wouldn't you when you're playing with the best against the best? In a, in a, basically a showcase game, your nerves are going to be there, and that's understandable. And um, I thought he got better. Yeah, uh, he even joked that his first shift wasn't wasn't great. And if you go back and watch his first shift, which was the first minute and a half of the game, because he was on the top line, <laughs> wasn't very good. Yep. Um, but yeah, you're, he's he was right by the he's, his first shift, not his not his greatest, but 
as the game went on, he, he got progressively better and uh, he was, you know, had instant chemistry with a couple of the guys and, you know, tape to tape passes. And I, I think he put on a good show. Uh, I think he's probably going to be, you know, maybe see a, him get the A too. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of unexpected, but uh, I, I think he's at this point, you're probably going to see him maybe a late first, anywhere from late first to mid second round pick. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, never never a bad thing and because he was a second round pick in the queue. So, you know, to to for him to go and surpass everyone that was drafted ahead of him and in, in the queue draft just says, mm-hmm. you know, how how well he's been and and uh yeah, he's very, very strong game and I mean the morons that do the pregame show on T S N should probably you know, think before they speak because they're talking in the pregame show about uh the points record in a prospects game is four points and Bedard will have no problem passing that. And he finished with like no points and a yeah. minus two. Like, uh, don't the, the hype is real, but there's going to be games where he's not going to get a point. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if he's finished with zero points and a minus two, he's still going to be the first overall, first overall pick. It's not yeah, even yeah. close. Like don't even, you know, don't hype him up, you know, just, just, we know how good he is. There's no reason for for you to assume that he's going to go and break a points record. That well, was that was ridiculous. I, that's what I joked about, like with the World Juniors. I'm like, who's covering it next year? Because they don't have Bedard to talk about. What's TSN going to talk about? And, mm-hmm. and you could tell, like the the Shikumi and the Quebec game that was on. They don't really know much about the league. It's like they get a piece of paper, and I get it. There's a lot of hockey that they have to watch, and you know they can't watch every game of every league for. I think they go. There's like four games on TSN, so I understand it. They get a page, they look, they see. But it's just like maybe do a little bit of research on on these teams, like especially Quebec, who you're probably going to see in the Memorial Cup, possibly. And you know, Chicoutimi is you know pretty good. Um, maybe do a little bit of research before you get into these uh, into these games. And that's it. Like it's these guys. I think it's who is it? Like uh, Carlo Koliakovo. Yeah, yeah. one of them. And yeah. there's another guy. And and. Um, I forget the woman's name, but I know she's she's really good. Pounder, Cheryl Pounder. That's yeah. She's just one of the good ones. And yeah, uh, but yeah, the, the the gentlemen could at least educate themselves uh, yeah. before they go on camera start talking <laughs> about these players. I mean, they've got no information about it. The TSN, I mean, the World Juniors. You know, Ray Ferraro and. What's the other guy's name? Gord Miller. Gord Miller. Yeah. Gord Miller. Like they literally know junior hockey. It's it's yeah. they're not just junior hockey. Like they know hockey. They know they know the players. They know they don't need to go and study a book before every game, even though they probably do anyways. Yeah. But these ones, they just they just I think they make up stuff on the go. Yeah, they just get a sheet with <laughs> they just get a sheet with uh, scores and stuff, and and they just go I'm trying to see what I think Batard in his first game back or one of the games back he had like five points yeah something like that against medicine hat i know he had a hat trick against yeah. medicine hat that's the only thing i've i can i can tell you right now but yeah he, i mean he's he's good he's he's good. as advertised but he's not going to break every record that he ever nope. steps in uh when he plays a game yeah he had three goals uh in a 6-4 loss to Medicine Hat, and that's yeah. the thing is he's getting the points, but they're not necessarily getting the the W's. Mm-hmm. Your favorite player, Bogdan Hot Ass, had two goals for Medicine Hat. That's a hot uh, ass in a six four <laughs> uh, victory. But that's the thing; like, he's he's as good as advertised. He's going to be good, and I think they're falling into the hype of things like this. When he plays against WHL, mm-hmm. he has three goals, so they're just like, oh well, he's playing the best in the CHL. He's going to have three or four or five goals as they go in, but. Um, yeah, it was good to see Etienne Moran get the A, get on there, get some, get some national exposure. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, I, you, you look at some of the, the pundits and some of the rankings that have been coming out. And I know a few of the Quebec guys are like, do you guys even watch Quebec hockey? Because there's no Quebec players in that first round. It seems, or there's one right at the end. Um, I mean, come Christmas, I thought Etienne Moran would maybe sneak into that right now. It's nothing on his fault, but he's, basically ranked where he should be based mm-hmm. on uh, the way the team is uh, is going right now. You got that right. And I just hope the team play doesn't affect his draft stock because that has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um, I think the – was the St. John game? Yes, because he didn't play the Cape Breton game. Every single player 
on Moncton was either a zero or a minus, Moran was a plus two. <laughs> you know, like that just shows the kind of <laughs> player that he is, the kind of effort that he's said he's putting out there. And I wonder um, if that had anything to do with the fact that he finally got a different defense partner. Well, for half the game. Yeah. But we'll get into that in a few minutes. You've got some news that you want to get to. That's right. I'm going to put my own little spin on this uh, news and notes from around the league. Adam? Yeah. Guess what? What's that? Valdor is finally in a lottery spot. Wow! <laughs> uh, <laughs> finally in a lottery spot. I can't believe that finally happens. But uh, We're going to get this horn thing figured out. It only took so, 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 so long. Yeah. But Valdor is finally in a lottery spot, and it couldn't come at a better time, you know. Uh, That's at least the good news from this past week. <laughs> that is very good news. However, there's a big game Wednesday as the Sea Dogs are in Valdor. Oh, that is a big one. Uh, so this could, you know, if Valdor wins, they're back out of the lottery. But if they lose and St. John wins in regulation – the Sea Dogs just get that much closer to them, so it's a very big game, and uh, yeah, so yeah, because their next sea three, dogs. <laughs> their next three is St. John on Wednesday, and then they go to Victoriaville on Saturday, and Blaineville on Sunday. Yeah, that's and the next three, and we're gonna try and keep you updated on the uh, the Valdor Fall, um, although we're getting pretty close to it too. The Valdor Fallers. <laughs> <laughs> Hey-o! Uh That's awesome. Yeah. Good to see that they're finally in the lottery. So we have a chance at that uh, first we overall pick. One nut in the one nut in the can right Alrighty, now. Alrighty, perfect. Let's keep uh <laughs> let's keep it going. All right, the uh Q team of the week. Um Olivia Nadeau from Gatineau, one game, two goals, four assists. Charles Anton Dumont from Baycomo, three games, three goals, two assists. Cole Burbage of St. John, two games, three goals, two assists. Um, Nicholas Blido, yeah, Blido, mm-hmm. Blido, yeah, Bilodeau, yeah. yeah. Uh, Saint John, two games, three goals, two assists. Frederick Brunet, back to back weeks, two games, two goals, two assists. And uh, Matthias Rousseau, uh, he is the goaltender, two and zero, a nine seven nine save percentage, point five zero goals against average, and one shutout. And your player of the week was uh, from the team we will see tonight. Gatineau, uh, Olivia Nadeau, in that one game he had. Six points in one game. That's pretty freaking good. Was that the uh, eight-goal first period game? Yeah. Yeah, that seemed to work out for him. Um, Thought maybe Riley Kidney might get on that team of the week. He's been nothing but gold as he got there um, since he's been in in Gatineau, but that is your your team of the week uh, for the Q. Now we get to the uh, Jeremy Boucher Wildcast podcast team of the week. Yeah, well, uh, it's... uh didn't do much research on this one. A little, you were a little, uh, busy. little busy over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I think I've I've <laughs> come up with a little bit. Um, so starting uh, in the in the goal in the goaltending, uh, I'm going with uh, Charlottetown's Jacob Robiard. Uh, almost, almost stole the win against the Quebec Ramparts. Yeah, forty six saves uh, in a two one OT loss. I think Charlottetown only had like thirteen shots on goal. Uh, so that's that's how you steal a game, folks. And uh, kind of reminded you of Jonathan Lemieux last year against <sighs> said Charlottetown yeah. when he had what forty six or fifty yeah. saves. Yeah, or something it was just like one that. of those one of those efforts. Yeah. And uh, you know, if Charlottetown manages to sneak into the playoffs and he pulls out a game like this. He's not going to pull out four of them. No, but uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the uh, the uh, Q pundits will will probably take uh, the whoever they face in the first round in a sweep. But if he can play like this, you know, uh, a little bit of for at least one game, you might be able to get the Islanders a win. Uh, on D, I'm also going with. Oh, I only have one defenseman. That's okay. We're <laughs> shorthanded this week. Uh, Nicholas Billado, um, his hat trick against Bathurst was the first in franchise history by a rookie defenseman. Wow, nice. Yeah. And they've had, you know, William Villeneuve yeah. and Jeremy Poirier. DeRoche. and Kevin Gagne. Thomas Shabbat. Thomas Shabbat. You know, they've they've had a, a long list of, of defensemen, uh, so that's a pretty, you know, decent accomplishment. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I thought I had another D, but that's okay. Uh, up front, 
uh, uh, Cole Burbage, <laughs> uh, again from St. John. Um, he has 15 points. In, he finished January. I guess it's not finished yet. Will be by the time you hear this. Yeah. He had 15 points in January. And from the beginning of the season to January, 17 points. Wow. So in one month, he's almost doubled his... He had all those points against Bathurst and Moncton, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Imagine. <laughs> Imagine. P- patting those stats against uh, you know the Moncton Wildcats yep. and the Bathurst Town, the two teams that you should be patting your stats against. Yes. Um, next up is uh, Tristan Allard of Ruin Aranda. Uh, their leading scorer... Because for some reason it's not Daniel Burash. Hmm. And again, I just skimmed through this one. And my last forward is Igor Gurionov of Val- Victoriaville because there's no reason really. I just chose a name because I <laughs> haven't had him on my team before. Um, so uh, that's my uh, PK team of the week. Yeah, I like that. Uh, because I thought I had two defensemen. Hey, some you had a power play. You've. Yep. Now you got a, a PK. That's so. right. Now, now I'm on PK. So we are. Uh, that, uh, that wraps up the uh, podcast team of the week. Well done. That's yeah, uh, not bad. That was done in a matter of minutes. Well done. Yeah, you know you, that's you've got it down to a science right now, mm-hmm. and I like how you've got variations. Pull the goaltender, PK, power play. Um, man, you look at that race for the final playoff spot. Cape Breton's got thirty-seven points. Bathurst's got thirty-seven yeah. points. Charlottetown's got thirty-seven points, and I think right now out of this, I probably trust Charlottetown's goaltending to get that eighth spot. And yeah. if you can get seventh and take on Halifax. Or Ramuski, even in six. I mean, they're not that far behind six. Mm-hmm. And Robidard can play the way he's been playing. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that'll be tough to do it four times in a row, but that's a team that in the playoffs, one of those nobody wants to see. Yeah. Like Bathurst is in a tailspin right now. Like yeah. I don't even I don't think they'll I don't think they're gonna make it. No. I think Charlottetown their goaltending will get them in. Yep. And just the Offensive production that Sea Dogs that the Sea Dogs are getting right now, will will get them in as well. So yeah, you're yeah probably, they're only three points behind. Yeah, so you're and there's and Sea Dogs like their their goaltending is not fantastic, but they're scoring like seven goals a game. Yeah, yeah. And if you're gonna score seven goals a game, your do- goaltending doesn't have to be fantastic. Your goalie only has to let in six. Yeah, you know to to win. So yeah. at this point, if I were to take you know, the, I think Charlottetown will get in. I think St. John will get in. I think Bathurst will be out. And you think Cape Breton will be out? Uh, no, Cape Breton will be in. Well, you got four teams for two spots. <laughs> Valdor's going to drop. No, no, but you got it's conference, right? Oh, yeah. oh, I guess they no, they can split. They can move over. I always forget that yeah. they can. There's a team that can move over. So yeah, yeah, okay, I got it now. Yeah, I just I was only looking at the Eastern Conference. I forget that the. The bottom team, the ninth team, if they're ahead of Valdor, mm-hmm. they can. What a prize that'll be! You can either get Quebec or you can get Sherbrooke. Good luck. <laughs> Absolutely, bone chance. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get to the part where probably everyone's when waiting for us to get to. Weekly rewind. Welcome to the Weekly Rewind, uh, presented by the local sports pub. Looking for a great place to have some wings, beers, and watch sports with friends. Head to 1715 Main Street, where the Salty Sea Dog used to be. Um, Stay tuned to their social medias. I'm sure they're going to have some Super Bowl parties and details uh, in the coming weeks, as it's now the Eagles and the Chiefs. And, uh, I mean, they had Royal Rumble uh, last Saturday, if I wasn't... uh so annoyed by the hockey team and just wanted to not be around people. I probably would have gone to see it. Looked like it was pretty full in there. So, I mean, they're getting UFC. UFC they got hockey every night. So, um, stay tuned for Chiefs, Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl details. Do you have a really early prediction? Or you want to wait till next week for that? Go Rihanna. <laughs> yes, there it is. Yeah, I hate the Chiefs. I hate the Eagles. I don't get commercials in Canada. Meh, Rihanna. So. I guess go Rihanna out of that. Go Rihanna. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of her music, but I do know that she will put on a hell of a show. We um, found love in a hopeless place. Pun to replay. Pun to replay. We found love in a hopeless place. Oh, nailed it. Nailed it. Um, yeah, so the bottom continues to fall out drastically for this hockey team. Um, as, like I said after last week, two must-win games. They went ahead and lost both of them. Um, they're now lost six of seven, bringing the record to 22, 20, 0 and two for 46 points. Second in the Maritimes. And they're now 
fifth in the West, or they're still fifth in the Western Conference or Eastern Conference, but they're now four points behind Shakutami for that fourth spot and uh, six points behind Ramuski, and they're only four points up on Baycomo as they continue to drop. <sighs> the sad part is they're only six points up on Valdor, who's holding the last lottery spot, and I think that's the grossest part of this whole thing. Um, we're not going to go each individual game. Um, I mean, Saturday, I-, I tweeted it. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed because, look, we had the week off. Couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. St. John played the night before. Couldn't tell. Yep. Um, they're outplayed. Let's just put they're last getting week's show and you yep. know, just, just replay Repeat last week's yep. show, right? It's Yep. They're getting outworked. They got outplayed. I mean, I was doing the picture stuff that I usually do for Instagram before the game, and I went up to take a picture of the warm-up and saw – uh, goalie savant Denny Dorian up there. Oh yes, and uh, he said to me, "This one, Brito in net, blowout." And I went, "For who?" And whoa, Wildcats! You've been watching them the last week. Yep. And I, yeah. And then Sunday, I mean, a better effort. They were in it. They lost six four. I don't know how you go from six and one on the season last year. To now two and five on the season this year against the Eagles, and I get the Eagles got better. They were projected to get better, so were we. And I, I don't like the fact that we're calling for the coach like we're about to, because we don't have a backup in mind. But it looks like the team has quit on the coach, and I. Don't understand how he's continuing to be behind the bench. And I, and it's not just him. I think it's a sweeping change for all three of them. I, I think it has to be. I think you need a new voice, a new something, a new everything. Mm-hmm. Because even if they let Lacroix go, well, Heptich has been there for the three years with Lacroix. So what new voice is that? Yeah. The power play is <laughs> – look, if he's going out – He's going out like the band on the Titanic. He's going out with his line combinations that he didn't change. He's going out with his power play that does nothing, and he continues to put them out there. Um, he finally got away from Moran and, and Hamel. He he made one change on Sunday. One, and it was Marcel in. And then Moran. Well, Marcel was in because Moran was a late scratch. No, Marcel was in first. Ballantyne was the right. scratch. Yeah. Then Ballantyne got in because – but you made one – change well it's one of those things where it's lately it's either been marcel or ballantyne in the lineup right you're only carrying 7d yeah and it seems like grenier is finally getting the ice time that he should be getting deservedly so and so you're either playing marcel one game and benching ballantyne or vice versa so you're not there's not very many other choices i mean unless you're going to start you know, sitting Grenier and getting the other two in. Like there's, there's no, there's no other choices. And we finally saw, you know, Hamel taken away from Morin and Grenway, Grenier moved up with Morin. And if you go back and watch the first shift with them on the ice, they had a prime scoring opportunity. Yep. Right. But then right back thing that right back Sunday afternoon with Hamel and, well, I guess Murad didn't force John draw. Yeah. Well, Murad didn't play on Sunday. Yeah. So where I was about to go with that didn't even count. But but it would have counted because you probably would have seen. You saw probably. actually Hamel and Moran were playing together. Yeah. In in the lineup before Moran was out, it was Hamel and Moran, mm-hmm. Marcel and Plandowski, uh, Grenier and Forte Jandro. If I go through our messages, Adam, and I see when what time did you tell me that finally Grenier was playing with. Mora. Let me just go through our long list of messages here that <laughs> yeah. we seem to talk more <laughs> than I thought we did. Here we go talking about the Rumble. Here's our picture of you watching the Rumble instead of the game. Um, what time is this message? 8.26 p.m. So that would probably, probably be halfway through the second period. Yeah. There's one shift. Where Moran and Grenier together, and they literally have a scoring opportunity. That's just a them two. It's they, they start yeah. the scoring opportunity. Yep. It's and then it's gone. And then like it's, 
they they the Wildcats show the save from Philly on on the breakaway. Mm-hmm. Beauty save to keep it zero zero or keep it one nothing at some point. Mm-hmm. But it's a terrible pitch by a defenseman, mm-hmm. which leads to a breakaway chance. Mm-hmm. Two on O's. Mm-hmm. I like why are guys in the lineup that don't deserve to be in the lineup right now? And 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 it's be, like I said. It's the band on the Titanic. He's going down with his combinations. He's going down with, like, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. Well, guess what? It's been two weeks. They've lost six games. They haven't effing figured it out, and they're not going to. Mm-hmm. It's falling on deaf ears. Pretty much. I mean, there's there's nothing really else to say about it. It's like, What are you pulling could... the goaltender for? <laughs> That's another thing. What are you pulling Philly on and putting Steinman in for? With five minutes left in the game. And then are you trying the, to change the moment, the momentum when it's six to three? And then pull the goalie. Are you saving Steinman's goal save, goal against average? Like that that to me was just the icing on the cake. At that point, I was like, I don't know if I want to go Sunday against Cape Breton. And I didn't, not because I was feeling like I wasn't feeling well. So maybe they won nine in a row. I probably would have sucked it up and been there. But you have to give a reason to go. And that place on Saturday night was juiced. Mm-hmm. And, yes, it's because Tim Hortons makes kids pay for tickets for Timbits Weekend but and Full Pop for tickets. But that place was juiced, and it was like there was 1,200 people in there because of the because of the effort. And what did you say to me before we came on? There's four players that are playing well. I, I, there's four, maybe five players that... If you uh, don't count the goalies, because it's not their fault. Yeah, the, the goalies are literally saving them from utter embarrassment. Yeah. Further embarrassment. And I... So everything I've said... I've said a lot of sh- crappy things about Philly on, you know, in the first half of the season. But when he's playing right now, he's literally bailing them out. And if he's letting in a goal, it's because of a turnover yeah. by, you know... Uh, the player X just filling player, a blank. It's the bakery's been open. Yeah. The bakery's cooking up yeah. the, some fresh turnovers every single game here, and um, like it's to the point where I want to go to the mezzanine and ask for a like a, a, a pastry, <laughs> and and I'm expecting it on the board to say it's called the D, you know. <laughs> Like it's, yeah. I, it's just turnover after turnover after turnover after turnover, and every single turnover ends up in the back of their net, or they're being bailed out by the goalies. Yeah. And anytime the op- opposition turns a puck over in in their own zone, and the Wildcats get it, it's some cute little dangle, or they go and shoot it wide or off a shin pad, and yeah. it's it's like they're they're not. They're getting the bounces. They're also getting the bounces. Yeah. They're also the the benefactors of turnovers. They're just not taking advantage of those like the other teams are. And it's I think that's what what it is. Like why are you how are some teams able to score on literally every single turnover? You would expect one of the top end teams to take advantage of those, but you're seeing these bottom teams yeah that are scoring every time the puck ends up on their stick. In in the zone, that's not a, a result of a a zone entry. Everyone's playing simple hockey. Yeah. And the Wildcats get a two-on-one, and instead of shooting for the pad for a rebound, and I saw it from a player on the ice a couple times, and I hate to call them out, but I'll just say a player on the ice a couple times, it's trying to make a toe drag to make a move. Mm-hmm. Put it in the pillows and let a, a rebound happen. Um, I was just the highlights were rolling in the St. John game. So they had six shots in the first period. The first shot in the second period against a 16-year-old goaltender who, congratulations, got his first win against Moncton, was at 11.09 when it was OJ, OJ putting the puck in the net. Yeah. Because it's 16-6, to six and that was the, the seventh shot. Like, it was I, – I was filming, waiting for the first shot to just say, hey, we finally got a shot in the second period. And it's, you know, for a team that, you know, when Dan came here as an NHL coach and it was, you know, you, you saw it in the, the pandemic year and last year it was preaching defense and it was 
you know, we were going to win 2-1 and 3-1, and we were winning close games in this. Well, it's now six goals against, seven goals against, five goals against, uh, five goals against, six goals against. They're this averaging six goals against, five goals against mm-hmm. in these losses, and, th- like, you go back to the winning streak, they won 4-1, they won 5-1, they won 5-2, they won 4-1, they won 6-2. They weren't giving up goals. They were getting like this team struggles to score in general. You give up five a game. You like you should not be in a position where when it's two nothing after St. John, I'm out. Because mm-hmm. we're not coming back. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are right now. And it's it's not a general manager thing. I'll put that out there right now. He made the dra- the trades. This team won five of six. So we can't really blame the trades anymore. He he brought the players in. They won five of six. So he's off the hook. And I'm not just saying that because he's a friend of the show. He put the team together. They won five of six games. Mm-hmm. He did his job. Mm-hmm. Pelche's not walking through the door. Havanoff's not walking through the door. Goche's not walking through the door that we talked about at the draft. The group in that room has to get it figured out, but they got to be led by a new voice now. Mm-hmm. It's it, It's unfortunately it's- time. It's coaching. It's leadership. There's at this point. There's there's players wearing letters that just shouldn't be wearing letters. There's no sense. Uh, there's no sense of urgency. There's no calming influence on the team. Jacob Pelche was vocal. Mm-hmm. He was calming. He was a calming influence, and he he played his heart out every shift. Jacob Hudson, same thing. Same thing, and. We just don't have that captain. We we don't have that leadership on the team right now that can stand up on the bench and say, wake the fuck up, boys. You know, uh, we're better than this. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. You know, we saw Hamel drop the gloves uh, in one of the games. I forget which, which one it was. Cape Breton game. The Cape Breton game. You know, do something like if you, you've got to do something to fire up your team, whether it's, you know, I know you can't. Apparently, he did a throat slashing motion in the penalty box towards the guy he fought. So oh. that's real leadership right there. Not. You well, know. I, was it last game too against Shakutami? We had, we were getting a power play. He goes in and challenges the guy to a fight. Yeah. So he's going to be suspended for the next game. Conveniently enough, it's in his hometown, so have fun visiting with your family. Um, there's just, there's just, there's no leadership. There's no leadership. There's no sense of urgency. There's no. And sometimes a quiet captain is okay. Sometimes a quiet captain but is right okay. Now you 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 can't be a quiet captain. You need to be vocal. Yeah. You need this team to understand what the hell is going on, and that's just not happening. Like. Every it's, it seems every period, the opposition is standing up and bagging their sticks on the side of the boards. Well, that's not happening. No, that's no, not no. happening. No, you know there's there's no uh, there's no energy on the bench. It's it's there's no energy on the ice. Their performance is is. <laughs> they just want a new voice. They they if if, if I don't know if it's an, a new voice, but they just they need something. And if you, I'll come over there and give them a kick in the ass if I have to. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll be the one to kick them in the but ass. It has to be something because it's it's not like it 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 sadly appears like they've quit on them. Like yeah. it's a lot of hero hockey. It's if it's one guy trying to go through three to get in the zone instead of chipping and chasing with a couple other guys. God love Gabe Smith, but what are you doing getting in a fight at the end of the game and yapping your mouth at six three? Like I I love that energy that he brings, but bring that in the first period. Right, mm-hmm. like and like, and he's the only one bringing it for the most part, and that's you you like seeing that. But there's what four guys? Did you go over the four guys that are playing? I honestly, if I'm looking at the roster right now and I'm looking at you know what I've seen, there's four maybe five guys, yeah. excluding the goaltenders that are showing up every night. Yeah, and that's the bell. Yep, that's Check. Loshing. Check when he gets the puck at the net. on the net. Yeah, there's Morin. Yep, and God forbid Luke Luke McPhee, and Luke McPhee. I I thought, you know, he's always moving his feet, and when he plays, 
He plays with energy. It's a north-south game. It's the north-south game. You know, he's not doing none of these cute, you know, he's not being a cutesy footsie. He's, he's yeah. playing his game. He knows what he knows his role. And, you know, that's what you need. You need players that, that just play their, they play their role. Players that play for the jersey, not for the name on the back, which yeah. is what's happening right now. That's um, what it looks like. And simple as that, you know, and if, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna play, hundred percent, and you're not gonna play for the coach, go home. Yeah. You know, don't don't go home. <laughs> but you know, just something needs to be done. Yeah. You know, if there's if there's gonna be a coaching change, so be it. If there's gonna be someone that steps up and says. You know, someone from the coaching staff that steps up and says, give me your jersey. Here's one without a letter on it. I think this will look better on so-and-so's jersey. So be it. So be it. But at this point, you're probably two months away from swinging the golf clubs at this rate. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't have said that a month or two ago. No. No. I, no we were looking for third, fourth place. Having home ice in the first round, getting a second round series against Halifax, being in it with the moves they made, giving them a challenge. And now you're in a fight for a playoff spot because they're about to go take on Gatineau, Victoriaville, Quebec in three and four um, tonight in Gatineau. Then Friday, it's third in the West in Victoriaville. And then first in the East in Quebec. Gatineau just pumped Val d'Or 11 to four. Any thought that that's not going to happen to Moncton the way they're going? It's pretty damn possible at this point. Like, um, and and then it's like, oh, well, yeah, well, that's a tough stretch. Then they get, oh, St. John, who they just lost 7-3. Bathurst, who, well, is worse than us, but they should be. They're in year one of their rebuild. And then Charlottetown, who's got a goaltender that can steal games, and you gave up five against them after being up 3-1. to one. So, I mean, you lose – I. I don't even think they'll get a point. Do you? What were what were we hoping for? Fucking three weeks ago. I was hoping for three. Yeah, I was hoping for two points. Either a win against one or a couple overtimes is what I was hoping for uh, before this slide happened. I'm not even going to throw out a guess. Like now, Just... that's why I'm like, that's it's rhetorical. Will they even get a point? And this might be the team that shows up against all three and somehow wins, wins all, all three. And then we look really stupid or very inspiring. <laughs> One of the two. But it, I, I hate that narrative while they looked at the standings and they looked at St. John. Guess what, Moncton? You're right there. You're almost there now. You're starting to – teams are going to start looking down on you. Like St. John is 3-7 and seven in the last 10. Charlottetown's 3-5. and five. Cape Breton's four and six. Well, so are we. We're four and six. Mm-hmm. We're 0 and three in our last three, obviously. But, like, I mean, we're four points behind Shikudami. We're four points up on Baycomo. The problem is Ramuski, Shikudami, and Baycomo, who we're surrounded by, are all going to play each other. So those aren't, as long as they're not three point games, those aren't really great. Mm-hmm. But you lose three in a row to go nine of 10. Uh, she's going to get a little bit more tight uh, to, and then you, fuck, and then you go against three teams you should be. Like, it's just not a spot we need to be in with the crew that we need to be with right now. And we talked about this last week, so I don't know if you've got names this week. Because last week we said, well, we shouldn't really, but, I mean. The, at this point, why not? At this like, point. what's going to happen? Yeah. You know, like, if if they shut us down, they shut us down. We'll just start another podcast, you know, <laughs> yeah. the go nothing. Not even going to say it. <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean, the that's fu- the thing. The funny thing. Everyone is talking about the funny. The funny thing was I was driving home from Halifax on Sunday and I knew the team was leaving on Monday morning. And I thought, should I stop in Amherst and pick up Fabian Joseph? <laughs> who is currently the associate coach of the Ambers Ramblers, who was the assistant coach in Moncton when they won a President's Cup in 2010, uh, who's 
been all over the world coaching. Yeah. Uh, do I, I mean, another one that comes to mind right off the bat, Paul Boudelier. You said that name last week. I said that name last week. He was the defensive coach for the Sea Dogs when they won a championship in 2012, I think. I think he's working for an, an agency now, so I don't know if he's still interested in coaching. But, I mean, those are two local guys. When I say local, I mean I mean, maritime-based <laughs> and all, like not flying a guy across uh, across the world here yeah, to, yeah. to join the team. and. I'm not flying a guy from Vancouver. Well, well, Bruce, there it is. I mean, it's I don't. He's had, he's got some ties to the Maritimes. He our, does have our, some ties. He's got friend, some ties uh, to to Moncton as well. Dave and, and, and I mean, you know, there's even this guy here, Troy Ryan, who you know he's currently coaching. I think the women's the women's national team. You're probably not going to lose that. You're probably not going to leave that gig uh, to come coach the Wildcats. But I mean. Fabian Joseph is has a history with the Wildcats. You know, he's not too far. He's literally 45 minutes down the road. You could call him up on on a Monday morning and he's here for for lunch. Yeah. You know, he's he's not he's not very far. Um there's there's guy there's names out there like Andrew Barrington. Like my god, he was mad. he's sending me names left and right over the weekend. I'm like, I would never put you in charge of a hockey team. <laughs> Just because these names are not guys I would bring in. Did you get Kevin Bieksa? I got Kevin Bieksa <laughs> from Andrew Barrington. I know, and I was like, I also got Mario Duroche. Like, no way. Yeah, I'm not bringing a guy who's been fired 15 times no. to come in, in junior hockey to come coach junior hockey. And there's because I think the next the next coach, and the reason why I want to get rid of not get rid of, but the reason why I. Th- think they should maybe move from on from all three is well a they're all complicit like Lacroix is the head coach he runs the whole thing mm-hmm. Heptich runs the D it hasn't been great LaBoss runs the power play don't get me started mm-hmm. the coach that you you hire now has to be next season mm-hmm. because you can't hire a guy for two and a half months and then go get another guy in the year where we're actually supposed to be contending mm-hmm. as a top four team, because right now a lot of these guys, a lot of these kids will come back, and I don't see a top four team in this unless something drastically changes. And I think you know the guy signing the paychecks isn't going to want to go get a guy for two months and then another guy for the year. And I mean. I've been through six coaches in five years since I've moved here and started this podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of done with it. And I, I thought I was done with it with Dan LaCroix. And here we are. But I think I don't want to see LaCroix moved for LaBoss or Heptage to take over. Nothing against them. But where does the voice change to the team? And that's mm-hmm. that's the thing I get at is where does the voice – where does – where does something change if you just give them interim? Yeah, and that's right. You know, it's at this point, Heptich. I think he's in charge of the of the defense. Well, five that's goals, part of the problem goals, right now. Goals, six goals. That's yeah. part of the problem right now. You know, it's and Lebros is probably in charge of the special teams. You know, is Daryl Boyce sitting at home laughing right now? Is Ryan Salvas sitting at home laughing right now? Because they've moved on from them yeah you know like uh <laughs> when daryl boyce was in charge of the power play two years ago it wasn't this bad no no you know it the was players had a we had some significantly better players but that's not to say we don't have some skilled players right now it's we, just the fact they're just standing there trying to do the same we thing have players who can put the puck in the back of the net yeah uh that just can't yep you know and that's that's it you know there's there needs to be a change, whether it's uh, different letters on the jerseys or behind the bench. Like there's, we're saying this right now, and like you said earlier, we we could go in there and win three games in Quebec, and we look like complete fools. But perfect, we'll do the same. Speech I next just week. don't see that happening. No, I don't either. We are in a extremely tough spot. If I were to take it, you know. I don't know anything about this team. I don't get any insider information other than creeping Instagram. 
right, and finding stuff out. Yeah. But when I read the paper after the game Sunday, and there's no quotes from Dan Lacroix, but there were quotes from Dan Lacroix following Saturday's game, that's eye-opening. Yeah, yeah. When I go on YouTube and I watch the post-game video that the Wildcats put on YouTube after every game, and Dan Lacroix is in the video after Saturday's game, but he's not on the one after Sunday's game, that's eye-opening. Yep. You know? And that's... It's pretty telling. Is that an indicator? Yep. Is he no longer with the team already? Are they just toying with us? Because they know this is what we're going to talk about on this show. <laughs> Are we a target for their organization right now? Like it, it's, I would hope not because you know, I think, yes, we have a platform to talk about this. But don't think this isn't happening on the boards. Mm-hmm. Don't think this isn't happening it's on being talked about. group chats and workplaces. Mm-hmm. And just because you don't hear about it in the paper doesn't mean it's not being talked about. Yeah, and there's people there's it's being talked about on the board. Yeah. There's people like myself who have been a loyal Wildcats fan since friggin' day one. Me who too. Are, who are saying shit's not going right. <laughs> Something needs to be done. Yeah. Is it do we blame the coaches? Do we blame the players? What needs to be done? Well, you know, a little bit of everything right now and if the players aren't performing who's responsible for that yeah and it's not the guy that brought him in it's the guy that you know there's there's people talking we get we get messages adam we get people tell us have you heard this have you heard this have you heard that a we couldn't tell you if we did yeah but b is so and so on the bus did so and so make the trip to gatineau yeah is you know, it's why is this player out? Why is this player healthy yeah. scratch? I I don't know, but I, for the for the sake of transparency, so Morant was scratched on Sunday because of a lower body injury. Yeah, and Mercier has surgery uh, not related to hockey. Yeah, but not serious. Not serious, surgery yeah. like tonsil. He'll be, yeah, he'll be back this week. Tonsil surgery is what yeah. they called it. Yeah. So it's not like these players are are saying I quit. No, you know they're they're injured, they're hurt. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess you would. I, I didn't even think you'd think that angle for Mercier when he's all of a sudden not with the team anymore, and we had Langlois and, and Pavin in back to back years. But yeah. he will be picked up when they're in Gatineau. He might be playing. It's it's like Marty said. It's something where he has trouble breathing. And mm-hmm. Hockey, you kind of have to breathe, life mm-hmm. in general. So, um, I look if if they're gonna bring a coach in, it better be it better be a, a guy that's here. The only thing I can think of that saves Dan's job for another week is the fact that they're on the road trip. We don't know who's on the bus, but if they're bringing in one of your local guys, they aren't bringing them in and driving them to Gatineau, Victoriaville, where you have no practice. No, you have them in town on Monday morning. Yeah, and that's the only thing. But Or you're flying him to wherever Ottawa to yeah. meet them in Gatineau. Yeah, and get some practice time and, and stuff like that. You it, know, it, it would be perfect if this lo- losing streak had to come – with the prospects, so they had a week to get things figured out because now you're figuring it out on the fly. But I, I guarantee when a new guy comes in, shit starts now and and stuff starts now from mm-hmm. like right from that first practice of hard practices. And and I, yeah, I just hope if whoever they bring in is not just here and in if they bring somebody if in. they do in March, we're here in after the season's over. We've let this guy go. We're doing our extensive coaching search because I I just don't want to hear. I just want to hear it. I, I want a guy that if you're going to gab him, he's going to be here. But that's that's coaching, and you know they're not going to bring someone local like we said, like the uh, the uh, up because if they do that, he was my third. If they do that, that's a two month only, and then they're looking for someone Why? next year. Huh? Why would he be two month only? Do you think he'd leave the Flyers to coach? I've I've said all along that he's the best coach out there, not at a higher level. Yeah, and I don't know a lot of coaches. Right, but that just feels to me like can a coach a good team. Yeah, and he can coach a not so good team, and we're seeing it right now. Yeah, the with Flyer. the Flyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. We're seeing them play their best hockey right now. Yeah. Um. When They're I think when we went to the home opener. And I was, I saw, I, I told you, I said, this is not going to be a good year for them. And they started to find their groove. Yep. 
you know? And yeah, I talked to him I, a little bit after the last home game mm-hmm. against Kensington, the second last one. And, you know, we were just talking to him and I said, like, you're, you're not going to play your best hockey in the first day. You have to consistently get better. It's like building a house. Yeah. You're not going to put your furniture in without a framework, without walls, but mm-hmm. you got to build that. And that's what he's doing. It just, to me that he's done such a good job with the flyers that I just don't know if he'd want to leave them long-term. So it would feel like mm-hmm. he's going to get us up in the standings, maybe get us a playoff win. And then we're, he'll go back to the flyers and, and we'll see. But I, I don't freaking know. You want to get to everyone's favorite part of the show? Can we just replace the stick tap of the week with more complaining? <laughs> if you got more. No. <laughs> no. No, that's uh, uh, it's just let's just do it. It's just we're as frustrated as everyone in this city is. We have a platform to say it. We just want them to be better. And we just came in with so many expectations that that's the worst part is we're not mad, we're just disappointed because they came in with high expectations even up until Christmas. Even up until January 10th, all the expectations were there. They had won five of six. We were going to be in that thing against uh, Quebec. They were, but it's just, it's so frustrating. And, uh, yeah. All right. Everyone's favorite part of the show. The stick tap of the week. Every single time. (laughs) Eric Murray, realtor, buy a house from him. Stick tap of the week. All right. So, um, again, just just going back to... uh, what I talked about at the beginning of the show, um, obviously, it, it, you know, to to find the paramedics who were working in Lake Echo, Nova Scotia, on on last Thursday night will be pretty tough to to find unless you're listening in Halifax and you happen to know a paramedic that works in Dartmouth or whatever. Yeah. Um. So it, it's kind of that that start uh much didn't get the names even though my brother-in-law ben said the woman the woman was extremely attractive and he wished he (laughs) got her name and phone number um so that's that could be a hint you know if there's an attractive paramedic that you know works in dartmouth that was working thursday night just that one just that one um you know that just happened to go help an older gentleman out in lake echo nova scotia because he had a stroke well um let me know so i can forward their information off to my brother-in-law um secondly um i guess the the doctors and and all that at qe2 and in halifax um what can you say Uh, they've been super open and uh super i guess honest and, and transparent you know telling us you know doesn't matter how many times my wife called the hospital they were always saying yeah he's doing good he's doing good you know they there was never any sense of of concern anytime we called the hospital so um that's obviously something we we appreciate as uh, as our family and just know that you know we think he's we know he's in good hands which is the most important part and you hear so many people complain about the healthcare system right now um i didn't see that when I was in Halifax, I, we walked through the emergency room and there was maybe three people <laughs> in the emergency room. And that was on a, you know, a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. So it's, um, that's just something that we, you know, we, we have, I think we take, we take it for granted sometimes that, uh, that we just expect, uh, to be, I guess, serviced and quickly. Right. But yeah, it's, yeah. You got to go. It's all. I think it's all based on on priority right right now, right? So, um, no, they they took good care of uh, of the old man, and uh, I know that um, the I want to make it kind of. I don't want to make a joke here, but he's in the neurology kind of unit um, at QE two, and there's a sign. I sent you the picture, and. It says stroke service, which I found <laughs> quite funny. Um, <laughs> knowing that my father-in-law is is there for stroke service, well, um, that's that's uh, I I know the stroke service team is uh, is taking good care of them, and uh, so that's basically my stick tap is you know to the paramedic who was working, if anybody knows who it was or tracks her down, I don't know. And the staff at QE2. I also wanted to give a second one, a follow-up. Oh, an honorable one. An honorable one. 
because they're just not getting the recognition these days. Yeah. But I do want to prop up the goalies, the Wildcats goalies, because, look, if it wasn't for, for those two right now, these losses would be bigger. A lot worse. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, other than the five, the four or five names I, I mentioned earlier, those two are the only ones that appear to be uh, playing. Yep. So uh, there you go. That's my uh, stick tap, a uh, little rushy and no notes written this week, but uh, I hope you enjoyed it. The stick tap of the week sponsored by Eric Murray Real Estate with the Remax Avante team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the greater Moncton or surrounding area, make sure to check him out on social media or give him a call at 506-863-8802. And that brings us to the Wildcast Wildcat of the Week presented by Rosemaryland Massage and Spa, who now direct bills. Uh, we're getting into February, so we're getting into the lovey-dovey month. Mm, singles Awareness uh, Day. hey Uh So obviously she's going to have... Some promotions into uh, February for Valentine's Day. We're probably going to do another uh, like and share promotion, so stay tuned to our social medias for that, and you can win uh, a massage or something from the spa like they did last year. I can't remember what it was, maybe a 60-minute massage, something like that. But um, stay tuned to our, first, our social medias as well as hers. And if you want to book something, you can call her at 506-830-1224 or visit them at 1224 Mountain Road. The Wildcats Walkout of the Week goes to a player that, uh, like we said, it's one of the other than the goaltenders, one of the four guys that are kind of going on this uh this group right now in the past week um and we're gonna go with the the guy that did all he could on sunday to get us out of this funk with a hat trick um he was 50 percent on faceoffs in the game against st john he's always flying out there he's using his speed to his advantage um and that uh so for the second week in a row your wildcast wildcat of the week is number 18 Vinny labelle that'll do it for this week hopefully we'll be back next week Hopefully we didn't say too much, but very, uh, very, very possible we could be canceled by next week. So nah, if I think this is if this is it. <laughs> nice talking to you. Yeah, if this is it, it's been a pleasure. I don't think it will be. I think uh, they understand that we we are the voice of of the fans. Um, and if it is it, I really hope our fans step up and make sure that it's not it. But uh, look, big road trip tonight starts in Gatineau. Um, it's kind of the season. Um, Gatineau tonight, then they go to Victoriaville on. Uh, Friday and then Quebec on Saturday. So, you know, as much as we're going to see what this team was, we are really going to see what this team is right now with three big games, six of seven losses. Um, playing for playoff lives right now, as sad as that sounds, because you keep losing and, and that creeps in and, and other teams are getting better. So, um, yeah, that'll do it for this week. Um, have a good week. Eric Murray, Realtor. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast.